Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Please put a thumb in the air. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I am your director of fun and games for the evening. The season is upon us, gang. They are trimming the roster down. It is all happening. Tyrell Goldborn, it doesn't look like he's going to make the team, but he was close. Uh, let's just get right into this thing because we have a lot of stuff on the yeah, outline do we, <laughs> and only an hour to get through it. Uh, let's start it off with Carcillo's mustache, Kelly Hinkle. So you remember for that whole year when I was super annoying about how much I hated Brayden Jen? Yeah. I'm doing that with Corbin Knight now. Is that your... I, can you My trade? new brand. Can My you, new brand. So it's Wave Corbin Knight would be the... He might not make the team. Yeah, Charlie, I mean, Corbin Knight is like the least consequential player that you could yeah. I would have I'm, this vendetta against. I would bet Charles $20 that Corbin Knight is on the opening. Do it. I, I'm not, I'm not going to take that bet <laughs> because I, I think he might be. Yes. But I'm just saying, let's so let's wait for you to make that your brand until we know for sure that he's actually going to be on the team. I'm getting ahead of it. I wish I didn't know he went to North Dakota. He's yeah. Chris Vandeveld. I he wish, was just a guy. I wish that that part had been left out. Like, I didn't go to Hockey DB and see it. Like, because now I'm, uh, and we're so close to what I want, and maybe he'll be fine in the role that they're going to put him in, but nope. we're so close to what I want. I, from TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So I want to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, Danique Martell, who is no longer on the Flyers, no longer in part of the Flyers organization. Let's right. do that. He's a lightning. He's waved and picked up by the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I want to talk about this because it seemed like there were a, a, more people than I expected that were really angry about this. You know, really angry that he got taken. And it really, actually surprised me too, Charles. And really angry that Pete, that the, the Flyers had dared to wave him. Yeah, yeah. The point I'll make is this. The fact that Tampa Bay picked him up, like, good for him. He Hopefully he'll get a shot there. I'm not convinced he will, but hopefully he does actually get a shot there. And hopefully he turns into something. But the fact of the matter is, is that guys who are undrafted, 23 years old, 5'8", and their best AHL season was a 40-point season, like, those guys get waived a lot. Yeah. This, this isn't... This wasn't a uniquely Flyers thing that, oh, we just ignored this skill guy. Like, these guys, generally speaking, are waiver fodder. Almost every team is waving a Martell type. The Flyers just got unlucky, and for some reason, another team really liked him. And you know what? If, if Tampa's right, that's great. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, punch myself and be like, y'all, Flyers, you totally misread the situation. Like, maybe if he becomes a Jonathan March or so, maybe, or like a Gord, but if he's just like, a semi NHLer, which is kind of what I think he probably is. These guys get waves all the time, and if he was going to make the team, it was going to be in the third line role. And he's not better than Limblom. At least I don't that's think the, he is. That's so. the thing is, eh. like I w- I'm a Martell supporter. I wanted to see him get a chance, but watching this preseason unfold, 
where do you like? He was never going to make. Where's the team. he? What What are you supposed to do? Yeah, didn't just keep he him also, here and never play him because he's not better than the twelve guys ahead of him. I, that doesn't make sense to me. Didn't he also make it through like twenty something teams yeah, like before Tampa Bay got to him? What it would have been twenty eight teams. A lot of teams. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not exactly yeah. sure how the waiver thing works in the offseason, but I assume it just builds off of last. That's year's what I standings. read, but I don't yeah. remember where I read it. So that would that would make sense. And they've true. waived him before. Like th- this isn't the first time yeah. he's been waived. It's just. I guess Tampa had a you know had a liking for him and finally had the the roster situation they could go for him and I'm rooting for him but I can't get on the Flyers case too much that you know that they didn't decide to keep Martell as the 14th forward because that's yeah. really the only way they would have kept him is to keep him as a as a a press box guy in case a top nine forward got hurt like I don't I, I get the whole like oh roles are not a big deal but you know generally speaking you do want your penalty killers on the fourth line because. You don't usually want Jake Voracek killing penalties. And Martel's not ever going to kill penalties, so he was yeah. never going to fill that role anyway, so you wouldn't have him on the uh, third line. This yeah, tweet yeah. from Meltzer I just wanted to get to because I, I don't know. I think this is the most we've ever uh, talked about Denique Martel. Martel, the, uh, re-Martel, the Lightning are now obligated to keep him on NHL roster. His 30-day, 10-game NHL roster clock, roster clock before re-waivers and potential AHL assignment does not start until October 3rd. Yeah. So he's it's like one of those uh, yeah, they got to keep him one up. of those practice squad situations where you have to keep him a certain amount of time before you can send him back down or whatever yep, yep. so he ha- so he's gonna be on their opening night roster whether he dresses or not exactly. who knows but um I-, I hope the guy gets a chance it just wasn't happening here and i realize the lightning are a really good team but maybe they just have the flexibility to make it happen last but certainly not least steph licious d steph driver so i have i've got an announcement to make our director of fun and games turned <gasps> 30 years old Hey-o. yesterday it was William. his birthday it was um and if for those watching on facebook there is a cake, a cake on the table it's a massive cake um and this cake is something else it's, it's staring directly at kelly challenging her it's, it's chocolate peanut butter and it's from the cake stand in Voorhees. it is very good sponsor us fam it's cake stand what up um <laughs> so bill and i have been podcasting together for a while four years five years yeah it's been a very very long time um bill is as far as i'm concerned the best in the business and and not only jesus this business is fucked listen (laughs) no wonder we can't get a sponsor you know what it takes to entertain the people Mm -hmm. and that's what we do here we're entertainers amounts of caffeine we're entertainers uh and on top of that bill is a fantastic friend loyal and kind and not afraid to tell you when you're being crazy. And that's really all that I want in, in somebody that I work closely with a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I have been for years. So this is my, my thank you to Bill Matz. Um, and of course I can't look him in the eye because this is feelings and <laughs> you know, we can't, we don't do that, but, um, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do this without you. Not even close. Thank you, Steph. Dude. I really, really appreciate that. Thanks guys for the cake and everything. Everyone who reached out on social media, really appreciate it. I'm 30. I'm old as shit now. Jesus. Phil's the oldest one. <laughs> out of all of us. It's true. It's true. Uh, so I got to tell you guys, I love gritty 
Uh, he is my all-time favorite. <laughs> well, they flyer. did it just for you. Yeah, I, I, I assume it was my birthday gift. Yeah. He is my all-time favorite flyer. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. He's better than Bobby Clark. He's better mm-hmm. than Bernie Perrant. Uh, geez, this thing is freaking ridiculous. I'm obsessed with it. It's like they made a parody of a mat. Like if you were to ask somebody from outside Philadelphia to be like, draw the Philadelphia <laughs> flyer. It's like uh, he can't skate. He's a big drugged-up maniac. Uh, he's got an orange beard. Like, he is the perfect Philadelphia Flyer. I love a good backstory too. The fact that he's lived under there. He's probably conceived at Rexy's back in the day. Like I, I, I love this thing. If you're not on board, I just gotta want. I gotta ask why. Like what is they holding take you- themselves too seriously? Yeah, yeah like why. goddamn, this is hockey, fun. man. This- I mean. It, like he looks like he was designed by someone who hates mascots. Yes. And, and as as a person who hates mascots, oh my god, this is a dream come true. I mean, I was ready to hate this thing when they. I hated. <laughs> you did all, hate. I, you did. Well, that's the thing. I hated all the stupid videos leading up to it. They were so cheesy. They were and so dumb. cheesy. That's why I, I liked hated them. And as soon as they released it, I was like, "What in the actual fuck is that thing?" I, and it was like a two hour period where I went all the way around from hating it to being completely obsessed with it and That's, not imagining my life without it. Like, when they unveiled it, you just had to look at it and go, like... I was like, what? what, the, what? Who even came up with this? With the googly the eyes. eyes? Yeah. Like, it is the most ridiculous shit. And mascots are supposed to be ridiculous. And listen, I was the one who said, let's get rid of all mascots except for the Philly Fanatic. I believe <laughs> there is one true mascot in all of sports, and it is the Fanatic. I believe the Fanatic should be on top of City Hall instead of William Penn. I think we need to knock down Rocky in front of the in front oh, of the art museum God, and put yeah. the fanatic there. I don't care mm-hmm. what they put there. Yeah, I think the fanatic represents Philly. This fucking thing represents the fly. I have to credit you, Bill, because I think for a lot of people, a lot of people went with the kind of the same process as Kelly, where they mm-hmm. started out hating it and then slowly over the course of the day turned. Bill was on board the second it's they released it. So <laughs> asinine looking. It's absurd. Like yeah, it's the most absurd thing I've ever seen, and that's perfect. If you're gonna be a mascot, be absurd, because that's the idea of a mascot. It's like drinking alcohol. You drink alcohol to be ridiculous. Like you put on this costume because you don't act that way when people can see your face. So be as ridiculous as possible and that's what they did. I I I love it. As soon as soon as they had it walk out my thought was like I was again prepared to hate it. I hated yeah. the whole idea and I hate mascots but Oh my God, this isn't bad. I mean, it's no flex, but it, it'll do. Oh, wait. It, it, it could actually be Scott Hartnell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he fell down like four times. Yeah. And you know what's great about it? It's, and hopefully this will continue. I know we're only on like day two or three of Gritty's existence, but they seem to have like struck a perfect balance between making him like for kids, he's like a goofy looking Muppet with a squeaky tummy, yeah. but then he's also like, a shitty troll on Twitter for the adults. So it's like this perfect balance of like being goofy for the kids, but also being something that grownups can enjoy. And I don't, there's not a lot of math. I hope he keeps like, he shot the on ice staff with a t-shirt gun. He turned the gun on the staff day one. That was pretty And like really slowly and methodically too. He was was like picking them off. Incredible. I just, yeah, I I need him to be a dick. I I hope they continue it this way. I hope he keeps with the like snarky Bailey of the LA Kings style. That's 
really like the Twitter only one that presence. I can think of. I hope he keeps yeah. up the Twitter presence and is just like a thing that we can laugh at as, you know, we're going to have our ups and downs this year, gang. So I hope he's along for the ride with us. I, I think that he is. And I, I want him, I want him like walking through the concourse during intermission and just knocking beers out of people's hands. That's, but not even, no, you know what? I changed my mind. I want him grabbing beers out of people's hands and chugging them. Like, yeah, that's what I want. I seriously, I want to hang out. I want to hang out with Grady. Come on our show. Like, like they named him Gritty. Like, that's so freaky. <laughs> if you can't laugh at that, like, they're making fun of us. They're as, making fun of themselves. The, yeah, too. they're making fun of the organization and the fans yeah. and all, like, I don't know. They could have gone Broad Street Bully. Just the name, I feel like. It's holding up a mirror to themselves and laughing at it. Yeah, it yeah. is. They could have gone real safe with just like a teddy bear, like yeah. half of the NHL yeah. mascots are, and they went the entire other <laughs> they direction. Made just this orange creature. Yeah. I want him like the puck goes over the glass and a kid gets it and he takes it away. Yeah. Like, yes, that yeah. kind of stuff. I want him like what? diving. What? Listen, yes. I want him just to be an ass. <laughs> yeah. Be a, a, be a dickhead Flyers fan. Yes. At the, at the I very want him least. screaming shoot. Give him a megaphone. Have him yelling shoot on the power play. Like if a, if a grown up catches a puck at the very least he's knocking that shit out of Slap his hand. Slap it out of his yeah. hands. Yeah. Like you see an opposing fan eating a cheesesteak and you just knock, knock it to the it ground. Over. Take a bite. <laughs> I don't know that if he can eat fun. through that mask, fam. I don't know what's going on here. Listen, we're gonna he's gonna yeah. figure it all out. All right. So we woke up today to Oh uh, I I thought it was a joke. Like I, I joke because Kelly was awake when I was awake this yeah. morning. So we no, saw why the, were you were, I, did you did you do late no, night? No, I just I just couldn't sleep and I was up and down. Insomnia. I just yeah. kept looking at my phone and it was all luckily the I did because I was one of the people <laughs> who saw the Yuri Laterra cocaine story right away. Uh Alex Appleyard, I guess, translated it and put it from out from the athletic. Yeah, from the athletic put it out into the world, uh found the the Finnish story and you know put it out there that hey your Laterra has been questioned as uh as it pertains to this gigantic cocaine bust that was made in what the hell's the place Finland Trempe or something I, I, don't, I don't know exactly yeah. where yeah anyway in Finland Some, somewhere at, at the cottage yeah, yeah at, at the at cottage, the cottage. <laughs> at the summer lake house of course where everything in happened in Finland not Canada but yeah yeah and like how insane is this story it's crazy I, sw- I swear to god the philadelphia flyers it's like they're never boring except yeah. on the ice <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, you know, I read that dave hackstall story that that uh, mike sealski from philly.com yeah. put out this week it was a good read i recommend it but i haven't gotten around to they it need yet. they need hackstall like to just be boring just to offset everything else <laughs> this organization it's always something and it's nowhere near what it used to be like 90s early 2000s it's nowhere near that but it's still always freaking something like their fourth line center is at the center of a cocaine ring investigation in his home country we're not talking about that article are we what are we? The Hackstall one? Yeah. I don't know if we're going to get to fine. it. That's fine. We have a lot, a lot, have a lot of stuff here, but yeah. my first reaction to this story was straight up. If the Yuri Laterra we got last season was on Coke, oh boy. Jesus Christ, how slow is this guy really? So the problem is, is that it wasn't only cocaine. It was cocaine, amphetamines, and performance-enhancing drugs. That's hilarious. That's the good one. If this <laughs> was Yuri Laterra on Coke, amphetamines, and performance-enhancing drugs, like... 
Well, I'm sorry. What? Ask he for actually, your money back. He actually skates backwards. <laughs> <laughs> he reverses time when he drives the skate. It should be noted that last season he was voted life of the party by his teammates. Well, so <laughs> well, what's everybody doing? Like, so here's, here's the thing. Like, if it is like performance enhancing drugs, like steroids, he is like a beefy boy. But goddamn. Well, the thing with the thing with PEDs, and I'm, I don't. I don't, honestly, it could I don't, be anything. I don't think that he's my guess. I don't think he's participating. Yeah, my guess is that this is something that like either he doesn't know about, but people that are living at his house are doing, yeah. or he only knows like a, he knows that they're doing stuff and he just doesn't care. Like I, th- that's my assumption is if he's involved. It's then you got to put someone else's name on that house, seriously? my man. Like, geez, you yeah, need my, a couple my degrees guess, of separation. Here. I mean, this is also Finland where, um, our, our, friend albert was explaining it to us like you get caught for murder and you get like 15 years in prison (laughs) like it's it's a little bit more lenient than it is here but he works here and he wears a you know brand logo for a living how does this story end i guess like the hextall his comment today we have spoken with yuri latera in the league office regarding the reports out of finland and we'll and we'll reserve any further comment on the matter at this time yeah like yeah he's not playing tomorrow it was interesting with hextall because like there's one part of this that I'll go into this a little bit more detail later, but there's one part of this that could hurt Latera a lot, even if he didn't really do anything wrong. Hextall, because Hextall gave the statement over Twitter, and then we got access to Hextall at practice and asked him like three more times, and he's just like, look, I'm just going to keep saying no comment. But in one of those no comments, he basically said something to the extent of, I don't have any details, I can't comment. Yeah. That's interesting to me, because if he really didn't have any details, the problem here for Laterra might not even be that he did anything wrong. The problem might be that he knew this was coming and didn't tell the organization that and it was coming. Didn't give them the heads we've up. We've seen that in several uh, in, in several other sports. A similar thing happened in wrestling a few months ago where someone knew a, a charge was coming and just didn't tell Vince McMahon. And it turns out he was found innocent, but... Yeah, you can't do that to your boss. All of a sudden, you're a famous person, your name's in a headline, yeah. and your boss is finding out about it that day. Like, he had to face you, Hextall had to face you guys today, having no details other than, oh yeah, a reporter over at The Athletic translated this Finnish report for <laughs> Twitter, and the world exploded around him. Like, at 7 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and granted, like, that's just me inferring. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know for sure, but there was another bar that I thought was was revealing what the Hextall said, where we asked him about another player, and he basically said something to the extent of, well, I didn't see much of practice today. And it was like, oh, well, we know what you were doing yeah. in practice today. Yeah. You were reading your Terror the Riot Act. No, they definitely, <laughs> like, you, you, can, you can see it in this, in this statement. They just found out about this today. And I will also say, while we derided the move at the time, the hiring of Dean Lombardi is oh. going to come in. It is going to come up huge in here. His unique 4.7 million cap savings right now. Boom. Dean Lombardi, thank you, you for joining buy him one this. ticket to Finland and then take care of your props. So I, I will use that as a scenario because that's the other part of this yeah. is that like people immediately compare this to Mike Richards, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the drugs obviously make an easy comparison. The Dean Lombardi thing is one of those weird yeah, little sure. asides. But like... The difference between the two situations is that Richards had a bunch of years left on the deal, so L.A. was incentivized, and he was, was nowhere near the player you see. So L.A. was incentivized to get out from under that deal. 
The thing with the Flyers and Letera is Letera only has one more year left on the deal. Yeah, the cap hit is high, but they don't need the space. No. Just wave like, him. They're going to have the fifth most cap space in the league after Toronto eventually signs William Nylander. So the Flyers don't really need the Maybe. space. Like... Yeah, if they do. Um, they will. Come on. Future like, flyer, William Nealand. There we go. <laughs> That's the dream. But the if they were to try to terminate this deal, which they might have every right to do, if they did that, the NHLPA, as a standard, would fight it. Yeah. Especially if Latera has not been charged of anything. If this is just a, hey, you didn't tell us about this, we're, term- we're using that as justification to terminate the deal. My question is, is that would the Flyers even bother? Like they know they have only they only have one more year left of this guy. They there was a good chance he might not even make the team anyway, even before this, because it looks like Mikhail Vorobiev is, and they need to waive somebody, and there's no way anybody was gonna claim Laterra. So if you were planning to waive him anyway, you only got one year left in the deal, you don't need the cap space, like is it even worth it to get into a legal battle to terminate a deal that is on the verge of ending anyway? Like I don't maybe, but I don't think it's a necessity. Well, here's the thing. It's not like Ron Hextall is going to be the one fighting this. Like fair, they've got a whole fair. team of lawyers. Yeah, it's not taking up fair. his it's, time. But it's it's just a distraction yeah. aspect. You know, it's you have it is. Yeah. And you'd have to ask questions, answer questions is what I'm trying to say. In the end, we don't know whether Yori Laterra has done anything other yeah. than own, own a house. house and be friends with people. And, and even then, he might not actually yeah, be good not. friends with them. And everybody can infer whatever they want. I don't think that he's actually participating in this drug ring. I think it's hilarious to think of him as a drug kingpin. It is is absolutely hilarious. Um, There's a couple elements to this story. It's impossible to ignore the, this is funny as hell element. It it is. (laughs) And it's because nobody's gotten hurt. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's funny. Yeah, he's um, not fighting dogs or, you know, a sexual predator or anything. Right. There's no DUIs involved. Like this is drugs were being distributed out of your house into restaurants. Um so there there may not be any official wrongdoing here even if he knew about it. Like he's not the one that's actually doing it. I just think it's a very funny, very flyer story. Yeah, it is kind of funny too that like We've always heard about Yori Laterra about like how good he is in the room and how good he is with kids and like that's and, like, that's the that's the reason why he's you know, got even the connection. Though even though he's not that good at hockey anymore, that we want to keep him. Like Ron Hexel in his exit interview back in April called him a terrific human being, and now <laughs> this guy who like like because they couldn't go to bat oh, for his God. playing ability, yeah. they went to bat for him as a person, and, and now character. he's involved in this. It's like yikes. Yeah, and, and if you are a character guy, and all of a sudden. Yeah, exactly. character comes into question <laughs> and that's the thing what would um, you say you do here <laughs> yeah, but, oh, damn it I've lost it now I connection I said I was gonna use this guy's name and I can't remember it now uh, anyway whoever put the uh, whoever put the list together of the most overpaid players in the NHL oh yeah uh, based on production uh, production just you know money per point dollar per per point Yuri Laterra was no, over 96000 above the second most overpaid guy. Yuri Laterra was one of the least effective players in all of hockey last year. 100%. Uh, Harmon Dial. There it is. Yeah. Almost yeah. $587,500 per point last year. He had Yikes. eight points. That's almost hard to do. <laughs> like uh, it, It's almost hard to play in the NHL and be that ineffective. There is absolutely now no reason 
for Yuri Laterra to be a part of this organization other than a name at the bottom in the like non-hockey reserve list yeah, yeah. Uh, on capfriendly.com. There's there's no like I, we know how this goes, you know, a, a really good player gets accused of anything and it's the 50-50, well, he's a good hockey player, well, yeah, he's a scumbag and it goes back and forth. There's nothing attaching <laughs> you to Yuri Laterra. He's bad. Yeah, he's not good. But he's I, handsome. Yeah, well, <sighs> he's Finnish. He's not quite as Swede, but... <laughs> you're, you're right. But it's still good enough. It's the same place. No, one would think that... And, and I, as I said, I honestly think he was getting waived anyway. Yeah. I could end up being wrong. Maybe we'll end up with so. him, on, him on the roster in four days. But, yeah, if they needed any extra push... You would think this is it. And like, it's not even as if he could then file a grievance and be like, yeah, you weren't going to waive me until this happened. It's like, dude, look at your numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's be realistic here. Let's uh, let's be serious here for a second. You're old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I guess that's that's where it goes. And I really like I wouldn't say because I've, I've said it on the post games and stuff. People ask, like, what is your roster construction? How does it look? I keep saying. Whether you bring them back up or not, just for that day when you have to make final cuts, wave Weiss and Laterra just to see if someone takes them off your hands. Fair point. And bring yeah. them back up and whatever the hell happens to Taylor, Lee, or whoever it's a, it's a happens. But just see if somebody grabs those two and they takes won't. them off. Yeah, well, they, they won't. definitely won't for Laterra. No. At least now, there's maybe like now. a 0.5% chance. Yeah. But. <laughs> now, nobody. Montreal will take him back. <laughs> now, He's a center, right? No. <laughs> maybe they'll want to make for him an Montreal. Yeah. 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 For Montreal. Yeah, for Montreal. He's a center. Center, yeah. Definitely nobody will claim Laterra now. I just thought maybe there was a one percent chance someone would before, but now it's just like, what's wh- what are you doing here? What a very very small percentage chance of <laughs> of the coincidence that Dean Lombardi is involved in this one as well. It's really it's delicious. It's, I think it's he- like. How do you think tipped him off? Huh. Life of the party, eh? Huh. I've seen this before. Does, does Alex Appleyard have, have a confidential informant in Philadelphia? I'll have to check with Alex. I'm going to see Dean Lombardi's flight schedule. I'm going to see his day planner from the last couple months. I want to know what he's been up to. Dean went around the room and asked anybody if they knew where they could get some Coke. And Yuri was like, well, actually, go, go, go to my cottage. Oh, that would be really funny. All right, let's. All right, I just can't. I just can't believe that. I can't. I I kept saying all day. I was like, we have so much to get to on this outline, and we're going to talk about a mascot and Coke the whole show. But I only half. Yeah, no. I actually want to get to some hockey now, and I want to start with that big old hole in in the middle of my heart, that hole in the lineup for the Flyers most of my life, the goaltenders. And I have a request to make of you three. This is a birthday wish from you three. I already brought you cake. Yeah, I would like to hear... You see how he blew that off? It like, was an excellent cake. It didn't matter. I would like to hear you make the case that Carter Hart isn't the Flyers' best option in net without citing his age. I'll wait. No, it can't be done. No, I can't. Can't do it. Charles? The only thing I will say is that I am still uncertain what he is at this level. And I believe that if you can get Brian Elliott close to 100% by next week, I would be more certain that he is a solid NHL goaltender than I am Carter Hart. However, Hart's ceiling is obviously way higher. Well, so just watching him in preseason, I know it's preseason. I know this. The guys are not up to speed and they're playing 
essentially garbage. And he they're is playing, playing. They're playing the Islanders' garbage of all people. Yeah. Like fair point. Come on. And he is playing like to prove something. And Brian Elliott is playing to see if he can still play. Yeah, to get right. back in shape. Yeah. Um, he's been phenomenal. He's been very good in in mm-hmm. all situations. Yeah, he's been the best goalie the Flyers have in preseason, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And and not just this year. He's been the best goalie the Flyers have had in preseason in many years. He looks really good. He, he looks like the same guy. You watch him. It's kind of like, I, I equate this to Ghost, you know, where you watch Ghost in college and you're like, well, that's really cool, but, you know, is he going to still How's be able to do translate? that? Is he yeah. still going to be able to do that in the NHL? And then after two months, you're like, yup, he still can. <laughs> and it's kind of the same thing with yeah. Hart. Like, not the flashiness, but just the calmness, the way he squares up shooters so quickly. You're watching, you're like, he looks like he's just in the WHL. And that's the thing that makes me most optimistic about him is, and, Listen, he's stopping. He stopped all but two shots he's faced so far in the preseason. I would say one of those, it was really like, ugh. And on that play, like the dude who scored on him split the defense and went on a mini yeah. breakaway. Yeah, it was when like, he burned it, 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 was a, yeah. it was a bad goal, yeah. but like Foline could have just not been turned like a turnstile. <laughs> and, but. We're not talking about Foley. I'm right just, now. I know. I'm just, of all the, he, he, he surrendered one goal that I went, eh. And at the same time, it was a mini breakaway. So, and it could have been prevented. Like Brian Elliott, 33, coming off abdom- abdominal surgery. And honestly, he looks like it. Oh, woof. Michael Neuver is hurt. Shocker. <laughs> Who saw that coming? Alex not Hunt. only is he hurt, but he got hurt. In practice. Oh, it's like, like doing nothing? Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was in practice. He sneezed. Was he and stretching? Broke a rib. Well, we saw him stretching, and that's yeah. when we realized he was probably hurt again. I don't know what he actually did to get hurt, but knowing him, it could have been one of a thousand things. Yeah. Alex Lyon. You got to feel bad for him. I do guy. feel oh, bad God, for him, but it's just comical. I want yeah. goalies. I want someone to stop the goddamn puck. Yeah. I don't care who it is at this point. But also, Alex Lyon hurt. We thought Alex Lyon had the poops. <laughs> yeah. but wasn't the poops. Turns not, out, not the poops. Not the poops. And Anthony Stolars, of course, played four games last year total, one of them in the ECHL. I think it was more than one. Was, I think it might have been three and then only one in the yeah, AHL. I think, I think that's I think what I it was. Backwards. Yeah. And he's coming off multiple knee surgeries. Carter Hart is the best option. I realize you want to go in with a veteran. I know that going with the 20 year old isn't ideal, but. I, we focused on this sh- a show or two ago, Ron Hextall saying this year, you know, we've been focusing on other things. The NHL product hasn't been the number one priority basically since Hextall took over. And now with the JVR signing and with the kids they have coming into their own and the veterans who are still here, it is about getting two points on nights you play NHL games. And right now, who do I see giving you the best chance of getting those two points? It's Carter Hart and it's not necessarily all that close. You are not wrong, mm-hmm. and I, I think that this is this is the perfect storm. This is the perfect storm because if it had just been Michael Neuvert that was hurt, this is no question. Brian Elliott starting, Alex Lyon is is coming to back up. If it had just been Alex Lyon hurt, no problem. Brian Elliott, Michael Neuvert in the NHL, business as usual. Um, Anthony Stolarz, Carter Hart, and the AHL. Easy. It's both of them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's both of the guys that should be the backup for this team. And Brian Elliott looks like crap. And I don't think that I'm overstating he looks like and crap. And I'm not saying... Uh, oh, go ahead, Kelly. I was just, I, to play devil's advocate, if we go into the year with 
Brian Elliott and Carter Hart as our goaltenders. I think that we can all agree that Dave is going to start Brian Elliott. He might keep him on a short leash, but I think we can also agree that that's not really how Dave manages his goaltenders. So would you rather have Carter Hart sitting on the bench, backing up until Brian Elliott falls over and dies and or Michael Neuvert gets better, whichever comes first, or would you rather him play in the AHL and actually get reps in? No, to me, if you... To me, if you have Carter Hart on this team, he has He's to gotta start. be the He's starter, start. right? Yeah, he can't the, yeah. sit. Yeah, the only the only scenario I could see Hart starting is if they just decide at the end of preseason that Elliot just can't do it. That like he literally just can't hack it. And and either hack. either they need another couple weeks, like shut him down and have yeah. him recover off the ice, or that like holy crap, this guy just isn't an NHL goaltender anymore post-surgeries, which, like, I think is an overstatement because, yeah, he's having trouble getting back right now, but, like, it is it is still preseason. Yeah, this is, like, kind of the point of preseason. It is kind of the point of preseason. It is, yeah, and I realize... Shape. But, I, I, Kelly, I agree with you, though, that if Hart's here, he better play. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. If, he's, if, he, if he's not going to play, just use Stolars. Yeah, no, he can I, sit. Who I, cares? I very much agree, and even if it's not, he starts 60 games. I would love to see keep Brian Elliott fresh as well, have a true tandem, which Dave Haxtell has proved incapable of actually maintaining throughout the course of a season. But if you were to go true tandem with the old guy and the young guy and kind of just let it play out, I, uh, well, how do you... Well, to, to devil's advocate, the devil's advocate, hey, how uh, do you see it playing out next year if not exactly like that? Carter Hart isn't going to be the one starting as soon as they bring him up regardless. And Dave Haxtell. I don't know. I, th- I think that there's a. I think it's, that there's it's a, still Dave Haxtell. I know, but I think that there's a very unfortunately likely path for him to be the starter next season. It involves goalies getting hurt. It involves goalies not playing as well as we expected them to, and Carter Hart just systematically jumping each of them in succession until he's starting for the Flyers next season. And I think it also but, depends but on who the there, other guy is. But right. we're there now. That's the thing. Like this, these injuries could accelerate the entire timeline. Like, the the entire timeline. Not just the goalie timeline, but injuries, the, 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 the timeline for when the team could actually contend. Like injuries. The, the way... Th- the way that these injuries are playing out, if it is the Carter Hart era and your Laterra gets waived because of the cocaine... And he sucks. Fiasco. And His he sucks. Slash incompetence. <laughs> also that. And Del Weiss gets waived. And you've got... Vorobiev in the 3C. This is all all the acceleration points that need to be hit for, oh shit, this team is ready to contend right now. So the point I'll make, and this is this has been my argument all along for why I don't want Hart to start the year in the NHL. And it goes, it kind of follows with what you're saying about, you know, this could be the time, everything's coming together, we're getting all the kids. Like, I guess the reason why I'm not super duper into the whole Carter Hart, starter Hart right away is that I am just not convinced that he's going to be good. Okay. And, and, and I want him to be. I really want him to be. But the way I look at it is as, as a hockey community, 
we still don't know shit about goalies. We know no. no we yeah. know nothing about the position. We know nothing about what makes a goalie good. We know nothing about what will make a prospect goalie good at the next level. We just don't have a clue. So for me, it's just that like I want to believe that Hart is going to be good. I watch him and I think he's going to be good, but I don't know crap about goalies. And it would just make me more comfortable to watch him do well in the AHL before I jump him two levels to the NHL to boot to a franchise that has been desperate for my entire lifetime yeah. for a goalie like this. And like, if he's bad, what happens? What happens if he's bad? How does this entire narrative change if he plays the first nine games and he delivers an 880 save percentage? Like People will lose their shit, and I'm just not here for it. I think he's the first guy, because we don't know about what makes goalies good and bad on the ice perspective-wise. However, I've seen enough goalies with talent in this town to tell you it is very much a mental position. And he's no, got that shit no locked shot down. There. I hope so. And this guy has the poise for it. He just seems like a professional. If anyone has what it takes mentally to handle the, you are our franchise savior because we've always wanted you, <clears throat> it's him. I, I've, I've just never seen a guy who's been as equipped, and he's also, like, the most decorated goalie prospect in how long? And, like, just to, to devil's advocate Charlie's point there, like, I don't, like, uh, we don't know what Carter Hart's going to be, but we can learn what he's going to be in the NHL with him playing Flyers games, and if the choice is... Brian Elliott shitting the bed because he's still not 100%, and so we lose a bunch of games to start the season. Or we play Carter Hart and chance it. Maybe we lose a bunch of games to start the season because he's not ready for the NHL. Or maybe he is, and that just, like Steph said, pushes the whole timeline up. Maybe. But but maybe Elliott's actually not going to be that bad. Well, that's the thing. I am personally... Totally fine starting the season with Brian Elliott as the starting goaltender. I don't think, I think that he needs a little bit of time to get his shit together and he might not look perfect to start the season, but I think over time he's going to be the the absolutely average goaltender that he's always been and that should be enough with a talented team in front of him and we should have a talented team in front of him. It's also the risk that you run no matter what the position is. That's fair, and and that's a fair point. I guess my my argument against that is, if a guy, if, if a forward scores a lot of points in juniors, I'm more comfortable that he's going to score a lot of points in the pros than if a goalie is really good in juniors. Like I'm just I'm just more conf- confident in our ability to evaluate like scoring talent and even defensemen than I am with goalies. Yeah, I was thinking more like Travis Sanheim. Yeah, that that's fair, and I mean, I guess there's still some people who don't think he's good. So. <laughs> I mean, Dave, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to talk, I don't yeah. want to talk. To <laughs> uh, um, but but it is it is definitely a thing that you need to you need to consider with rookies, regardless. Like they have a ramp up period, and it's not always going to be pretty. And you could get really angry during that ramp up period. And think about like even, you know, Carrie Price, who was a can't miss goalie prospect. Think about those 2010 playoffs. Like it wasn't him who was leading the leading the Habs. It was Yaroslav Halak. Even now, this is kind of switching gears a little bit. But even Robert Haig that everybody has given up on. Everybody hates. Everybody has given up on this kid after one fucking season. One fucking season that you people have seen and you've just given up on him and completely written him off. Well, 
I have, no, one season. Had, one season. I have so given that up could, on him. Yes, you have. No, you hate I just, him. I just don't think he's very good. I think one he's like a third pair defenseman, but Dave's not using him that way. And that, again, is always the problem. One season. That could easily happen to Carter Hart. That could easily happen to Phil Myers. These guys are rookies. They're ramping up. This is why the, you get the whole seasoning thing. And even then, you're still developing in the NHL. That's the end of Look, my Look, if, if Hart is on the team. I mean, I hope to God he's going to be really good, and I think he's got a chance to be. As I said, for me, I'm just conservative with goalies, not because of this, like, this nebulous idea of readiness. Like, I'm not, I don't really care that much about readiness. Thank if God. A, once a guy is up and he's playing well, he was ready. And he was ready because you gave him the chance to be ready. It's yeah. not this idea of, well, he'll tell us when he's ready. No, he's good. He's ready. It's just, I'm just not comfortable in evaluating goalies. Like, it just... That's what it boils down to for me. But if he's up, I mean, hell, I hope he kicks ass. One last thing on goalies here, and then we can move on. And this is a – it just got me thinking today. I was watching Bill Meltzer have a conversation on Twitter about potential in-season moves and how they might use their uh, might use their cap space. And this was a, a telling tweet, I thought. I don't think Hextall will deviate from the focus from within course he's been following unless slash until he feels the team is one player away from being a cup contender. Now say everything else breaks right for the Flyers and this offense is what we think it can be and the top D pair is the elite top D pair we think it is and the second and third D pairs are you know competent because that's all we can ask for at this point from these guys. Say all those things break right, and the one player holding them back is the goalie. How would you feel about a rental goalie? Because there will be some interesting names, some pending UFAs that I've laid out here. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky is one of them. Columbus is in a weird spot right now. Seth Jones is out. Uh, he, I think that was announced today. He's yeah. out for four to six weeks. Four to six weeks. So yeah. that could be a real problem for them. Panarin doesn't have a contract yet. Uh, you know, he might want out. And Bobrovsky is saying, "I want top dollar." And Columbus isn't exactly. Uh, they're not exactly the Toronto Maple Leafs. Sergey Bobrovsky might be available. I'm not saying sign him long term. I'm just saying someone like him. Or a Pecorine, for no. example. Uh, Who's 40 years old? No. Yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with it. Like, if you just need a goal, I don't want Peter Mraz. Like, um, well, maybe no. it'll be good. Like, at least a guy with a track record of winning games in his career. I don't want a rental goaltender, full stop. I, w- I would have no problem with it. I mean, I, I, wouldn't wanna, I wouldn't want to resign <laughs> it, but no, I would have no, no, no problem no. with it. If, if that's your hole, yeah, go for it. Why I not? have the answer. Okay. I'm ready. Steve Mason. Oh, I said a good, that ain't happening. <laughs> I, I, I would I would prefer a good rental goaltender. See, I think Steve Mason would rather fling himself into the Grand Canyon than come back here. This team, about right. and the, the I team, think Ron Hextall is in agreement. <laughs> yeah, the team doesn't like him. You know, uh, so some other names: Mike Smith, Cam Talbot, uh, Semyon Varlamov. We'll just skip him. Uh, I feel like Mike Smith is a good goaltender. Yeah, Mike Smith get a lot of play. And, like, is he though? Obviously, uh, though, if Calgary is in it, you yeah, know, he's and not that, going that's anywhere. The, that's the issue here. I yeah, think the Rene, same goes with Bobrovsky. Yeah, same with Bobrovsky. I Did think, you type Varlamov really tiny I, I on purpose? It, yeah, I put it really small because, <laughs> listen, he, I, he, he his sucks. name's on the list, but obviously no one wants Varlamov. I love yeah. that you just made it just this tiny, tiny font. Uh, you know. Talbot's a UFA, Cam Talbot? Yes. I didn't know that. He was pending UFA. And, uh, I can't believe you put uh, Peter Budai on this list as if. That's the second. That's the second, second tier. tier? Okay. The second tier is Jimmy Howard, Anders Nilsson, Cam Ward. Uh, Chad Cam jo- Ward, who hasn't yeah. stopped a puck in his life. Chad Johnson, Ryan Miller, Who's who I would 40 call years about, old. but he doesn't want to leave the West Coast. 
uh, Peter Budai and Keith Kincaid, who I think is an interesting name, but I doubt that the Devils would deal no. holy. Um, I don't know. I just this team could be good enough with a good enough goalie, and there are some guys who you have, don't think we have anybody in this organization who could be a good enough goaltender. No, they're all getting hurt. Other than Carter Hart, no. I don't. Brian Elliott is a good enough goaltender. And uh, yeah, he was last year until he missed a huge chunk of the season. We had yeah. to give up assets to give, get Peter Morozik, who stinks. I think that that's being very generous to Peter Morozik. <laughs> <laughs> like, they had no goalie in the playoffs because they were all hurt. I, I just don't want to go they through that. They had to that. rush him back. I think and, the and most. Uh, Carter Hart, then. I think the most likely of all these. Starter Hart! I don't think any of these are likely. I think the most likely is Rene just because they have his replacement there already. And I I don't think that Rene is going to want to leave because I think think he knows that Nashville can win the cup Mm -hmm. and he would be fine even just being a backup on a cup team. Considering how long he spent there, like Mm -hmm. that would just feel like the culmination of his career in Nashville is finally finally win a cup with it. So I don't think he'd leave. I have a question that I don't, I don't know the answer to. That's why it's like a legitimate question. What would it take to get Sandstrom back over here? Um, well, technically, he's on loan. So he is under contract with the Flyers. I don't know. They might be able to... I'd have to look that up. But yeah, he's... I don't know if once you've loaned a guy to a team... Whether you can be like, can uh, JK. Somebody, it's funny. Somebody actually asked me that same question in my q and I didn't know the answer to it then. But it was more a question of if we were to say loan a goalie to an AHL team, could we pull back the loan? I don't know. Now that I've been asked twice in the same day, I guess i got to find out the answer. You've got, you've <laughs> got to find out because... I, I don't but know. If, if let's the, get let's get fucking crazy. If the organi- but yeah, that I'm would, ready for if that. the organization isn't comfortable with Carter Hart, who is again the most decorated goalie prospect in how long ever? Like, and I'd, li- I'd like to make it very clear with Carter Hart that if he goes down to the AHL and if two months into the year he's killing it, yeah. I'm going to be banging on the table for Carter Hart. Yeah. So like. I, as I said, I literally just want him to show me that this translates. Okay. And once he shows me, if he shows me, it's like, bring him, bring him up. Charlie, I understand your position. <laughs> it makes sense. It's just, it, it's la- it lacks chaos. No, I just like... No, it's very methodical. Me- it's very Charlie. We have a goalie. He looks good. Let him be <laughs> Let's good. Let's see what happens. The other ones don't look good if Throw this is in. literally a competition. And we have this quote from Ron Hextall, and this is really what got me... Because th- I didn't think it was possible Carter Hart started this year as as optimistic and crazy as I want to be, but we have this quote from Hextall. If it's right for the team, sometimes you have to do it. I haven't ruled out anybody who's on the ice with our team right now. That means everybody who was at practice today has a chance. And now let's get to some other guys who have a chance. I want to get to the bottom six competition. Let's start with, uh, I don't know, this was a surprise to me that it seems like he's locked down the 3C job. Misha Vorobiev. I'm so pumped about this. Mikhail Vorobiev has pulled it off at Piers, unless they really are pulling the wool over our eyes. Yeah, but but it, it, it looks like he's on this team. And he, he was my choice for 3C, and I'm thrilled. They keep playing him up in the lineup with Couturier out. He's been flanked by some of their best wingers. I've been impressed with what I've seen. connect me and Giroux the uh, other day. I th- yeah, it was, I guess it was... Charlie wasn't here last week, right? So we were just talking. Yeah. It was that Monday game. I watched the first two periods before we came here. You know, he wasn't he wasn't doing anything spectacular. But every time I saw him on the screen, I went, he just did that right. Yeah, and like that's what you need out of your third center. Your third center is rarely going to be a star. But you need someone who is competent out there. And if he is flanked by the wingers I think it's going to be, Oscar Lindblom and Wayne Simmons, 
This is a hell of a top nine. Yeah, I'm into that third line a lot. It is pretty nice. And I was I was all aboard the Jordan Wheel 3C train because I thought Vorobiev had more of a skill set that they would put at 4C. But if he's able to do what he's doing in the preseason, you know, going forward, he looks like he could actually be an effective third center in the NHL without any NHL experience, you know, coming into this year. So out of curiosity, Charlie, and you might have an answer for this, they're playing Lawton on the top line tomorrow night, right? Well, I don't know. So Lawton was on the top line in practice. Mm Mm-hmm. It would seem like it was more of a stand-in for Couturier, who they apparently still think can play on Saturday. The Ah. target is Saturday, not not Thursday. But, yeah, I don't know what they're doing with Lawton because... I was just kind of curious. Maybe they're just throwing him in there just to have somebody standing in, or maybe... I don't know. You I know was thinking, they've like, been screwing did, around the line so yeah, much. It's hard does to this mean that he still has a shot at 3C? Or? I got I the impression know. with Lawton that like they know he can play center, but they like him at yeah. wing, so yeah. he's sort of the fallback if everyone else doesn't come through at center. I think Vorobiev is your is your 3C at this point. And yeah. it it makes it makes me really excited because I've been a Vorobiev fan for a long time. Like I he's been one of my favorite under the radar prospects for three years. Yeah, I feel I like you've been talking about him for a long time. Yeah, and one of the things that and we'll see if this this plays out in the NHL, but one of the things that I always had hopes for him was that because he's such like a do the little things right kind of player and because he's such a good passer, I always wondered if maybe his offensive game would translate better at the NHL level than you would think because he's finally also playing with smart players yeah, who can finish. He's not out there with, you know, guys yeah. standstill AHL scorers. Yeah. It's it's complete NHL players, especially if he's in a top nine role, which we expect him to be in. Yeah. Like he strikes me as the kind of guy who might pick up a lot of secondary assists. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like if he's the one that's getting them out of the defensive zone and pushing the playoff ice and then letting the scorers do their work, like there's a lot of value in that. There's especially as a third line center. Quite a big of value in that. Now let's talk about a guy who I just said I was all in on him as the 3C when the competition opened. He seemed to have the inside track on the job, but I think, and he hasn't been bad, I just think he's been outplayed by Vorobiev. Jordan Wheel, what, uh, I just get this feeling because they won't go with a skilled fourth line. Ooh, that's He'll, terrible He idea. could be the odd man out here through no fault of his own. Um, I don't know. They started... They started last season with a, a skilled fourth line. It didn't last, but I mean, the Honeybees were as close as close to a skilled fourth line as, as yeah. we've gotten so far. Yeah, I don't think that it's completely out of question. Um, I mean, the, the the next piece is well, who would you put there if not Wheel? Oh, I know well, who they're going to put there. Yeah, we'll get to him. Our boy. <laughs> Our Poor UNT man. boy. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I was kind of thinking along your lines, Bill, but I will say this. At practice today, Knight was down with Goldborn and Torinsky and Lear, and Wheel was up with Roffel and Weiss. So I oh, don't close. know. Maybe the consideration now is maybe Wheel at 4C and Knight either not on the team or a scratch. Like, I don't know. I don't think Wheel is out of this yet. Okay. I do find it interesting, though, with Wheel that they're not, like, at really at no point in camp have they moved him back to wing. 
He's mm-hmm. always been at center. I have liked him at center. I've thought he's made a difference uh, in in a couple of times at center. I saw I can't remember which preseason game it was, but they had him out in the you know the very end when they were protecting a lead, and he made a defensive play. Uh, I've liked what I've seen out of Jordan Wheel. I just think Vorobiev's outplayed him a little, and uh, we t- we spend a ton of time on this show, Charlie. You know. You talked about it in the very beginning when we were like, let's not focus on all the <laughs> shit that could go wrong that hasn't gone on yet. <laughs> so I want to say there's a hypothetical that could happen that would make me very happy, and I would actually support it. And I won't say clean slate for Dave Hackstall, but it would make me just say, good job. Good job, Hack. You did it. If they go with that third line, that would be Vorobiev centering, say, Limblom and Simmons, yep. mm-hmm. and a fourth line of uh, Wheel centering, let's say, Lawton and Raffle. Oh, that's good. That's optimization, and thank you. That you did it right. So that you know what? If that good. happens, if that happens, I will come on here and throw all the praise in the world at Dave. Of course, that would mean like God, Dale Weiss would you know play over Travis Konechny or some shit. Over the <laughs> night, but, yeah, we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, I will say that would actually. I would go. Way to go, Dave. You did it. He did optimize the lineup for like a single game last season, One. so he is yeah. he is capable. <laughs> One game. In in his three years. He got there once. One game. Maybe he can do it again. So Dale Weiss. Yeah, I was gonna say the next name on here is your old and we already we already yeah, got we, to we that. Kind of talked talked enough about so that. Dale Talk Weiss, face. he scored that nice shorthanded goal on Monday. It's his oh second goal God. of the preseason. Um I can't believe I'm freaking saying this because it's me and it's Dale Weiss. But has he looked a little better than you remember seeing the last two the years? The lowest bar. He's, he's starting out at a pretty low bar. I'm Listen, not saying of it's bars. not literally stepping over a cord that's yeah. laying on the floor. But <laughs> <laughs> it's something. He scored two goals, so yes. Whatever drugs you've been taking. <laughs> Your old. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me have some of those because it's uh, still Dale Weiss. I have to believe that it. Hackstall hasn't gone completely insane and will just leave him in the press box like he did would, all of last season. I would season. think, right? I, he played half the season. Yeah, but Did I he? mean, when you're a, when you're the 13th forward, you're going to play sometimes when guys get hurt. I want him to be the 16th forward. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility he doesn't make this team. I, I, but I do, the, the only problem with that is that I think my, my suspicion is that it's either going to be Weiss or Knight. And I don't think anybody wants Knight either. So it's like, I don't know. No. I'll take Corbin Knight, though. At least he's, he's someone, he 28. At least he's, some, he's someone else. Yeah, they're like the same age. It's Which really is the most fun. hilarious thing. Like, I think people think that Corbin Knight is like a rookie. Yeah, that's he's like, old as I, fuck. Somebody tweeted me, and it was through no fault of their own, because who the hell is Corbin Knight? But someone tweeted me like, hey, who's this Corbin Knight guy? Is this like a new youngster I got to get to know? Is he like coming out of nowhere? It's like, no, actually, he's a 28-year-old. Yeah, he's, he's played 29 career he's been NHL around. Yeah, He's been around. But no, to... Yeah, to Back up your statement on Weiss. Like he's had some really bad games in preseason. Yeah. I think I forget which one. It might have been the the Madison Square Garden game where he was bad. Like he had some turnovers and he was just a mess on the ice. I think it was the game he was he played on the top line and it was just ugly. But I did like his. I think he played pretty well in Philly. Not this Monday, but the Monday before. Mm-hmm. And then on the then the game this week, he had the short end of goal. He had some bad shifts, but he at least did some things. Like he's, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, he's the always. Yeah, I know. But but yeah. did some things is so much for him. It's true. I've literally, like, I've never seen a less consequential player. Like, he could play 15 minutes and you never hear his name. No. You never once heard his Unless name. Unless he fucks up. And this, and, but he doesn't even fuck up. That's he just true. does yeah. nothing because he's nowhere near the puck. He's just some guy. Like, I've. it's not like offensive linemen in football where it's like, oh, well, you didn't hear their name, so they had a good game. No, this is hockey. It moves nonstop and the puck is really fast a certain point you're gonna have to do something and also and that, that may work for defensemen yeah. not for forwards it's, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he, he, he just does nothing the forwards job is literally to do stuff yeah the defensive <laughs> job is to prevent the forwards from doing stuff <laughs> all right uh demoted on tuesday nicholas albe Cubell. um how dare you I said it right. That is apparently how it's Kubel, in my opinion. Uh, he had the disappointing 2016-17 with the Phantoms, uh, former second-round pick in 2014. Played his way back into relevance last year with the Phantoms. Uh, looks like he allegedly can, looks like he can play at this level, but yeah. I can't say I've been overly impressed. I just think they have better options, and it's awesome to have better options and look yes. at a guy and go, "Yeah, but he can play at this level." Yeah, I just think he was stuck because he didn't out. He needed to make the lineup, yeah. and he didn't outplay like Lawton or uh, or Raffle or any of the guys that would end up with a fourth line. But and I, I'll make it clear. I'm going to from now and forever be calling him Knack because I refuse to use that Knack. pronunciation. Even though it's right. So he's <laughs> Knack. I like Knack. I prefer Knack to Taylor Lear. However, Taylor Lear can sit in the press box and Knack can't. So Knack. I think you, Yuri was you go down. Knack. I think that was one of his products. <laughs> oh, really? Called oh, Knack. Yeah. Knack. Uh, next guy on the list, Michael Roffel. Uh, I love him. I, I'm I'm like getting excited for Michael Roffel because I feel like he's finally going to be used in the perfect role. God, I a hope skilled so. fourth line. Just keep him there, Dave. It's he's good. approaching thirty. He's in a contract year. If he is on a fourth line with Jay Weezy and Scott Lawton, I am going to be so excited. That's going to be this team could actually ha- be have four useful lines. I'm so sick of you people thinking that Michael Roffel's a fourth line player. He's a good, he's a really there's good fourth line player. There's nothing wrong with being a good fourth line yeah, player. There's only so many players Who in the league. Who can play up if he needs to, but he doesn't yeah, because if, the other three lines if, are good. you know, there's a there's an injury on the top line, yeah. absolutely plug him in. But if you're just going to take Travis Konechny off the top line because, well, I don't yeah, know, that's a you don't like, his hair, you don't yeah. like his haircut or something, then... He needs like, a haircut. Like, I just, he's perfect in this role. I'm really excited to see. Like, oh my God, optimization. It's within grasp, guys. It is. Can you feel it? It's within grasp. It's it's so close. It's so close. And I can't wait till we all have our hopes and dreams crushed in the next week. Uh, just Scott Immediately. Lawton. Scott Lawton. So he's a winger now, right? At That's, least to start the year, it seems like. like but who knows? Maybe he'll end up at 4C, which I would have no problem with. So Corbin Knight. No, thank you. Here we go. What do Dave and Ron actually see in him? What does he bring to the table that Wheel or Lawton or Latera? Oh, nothing. Not? And now, you know, Latera right, right, off nothing. the table. All right. My, my suspicion is with Corbin Knight is this. All summer, Hextall had been screaming that he wanted to add a penalty killing yeah. forward up front. That was his thing. I even wrote an entire column basically breaking down every possible penalty kill forward because Hextall was so adamant that they were going to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't do it. They signed James Van Riemsdyk, who can do a lot of things. Penalty killing is not no, one of them. I don't want him in the D zone at all. So, He's never not one. Just cherry pick, dude. I think that opened the door for a guy who is viewed as a good penalty killer. Isn't that for and, I, uh... and I think they view Corbin Knight as this good penalty killer who can give you some good shifts 
as a fourth line center. That's what I, that, that's why I think he's in the race because that's what they view him as. And he went to UND. I mean, I'm sure that isn't hurting him. That's I really wish I didn't know. That's I really wish I didn't know that part about him. So here's it's gonna it's gonna affect how I feel. About mm-hmm. him. The the question that you ask is what he brings to the table that we all or Lawton may not right. Latera's um, off the table. Well, Lawton's in the lineup, yeah. so. I'm just, um, as a 4C. Now Lawton's a winger. I'm just fair. saying in that role. I have to look this up, actually. Um, well, the, the the answer is size. So Corbin Knight is 6'2", just under 200 pounds. We know that Jordan Wheel is not that. Uh, Scott Lawton is 6'1", about 175. The, the, the point that you mentioned, though, isn't that Vorobiev. The answer is... Yes, Vorobiev is also 6'2 and pushing 200 pounds. We have Couturier, we have Simmons, we have Vorobiev, we have Lawton, we have Rockwell. I I would be blown away. Did you say Patrick? I would be blown away if they use Simmons on the penalty kill to start the year. Really? Considering the, 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 kid, the kid gloves they're playing. Yeah. Okay. He still has not played a game yet. Yeah. And he's practiced pretty much in full from the start of camp. They're they are really treating him with kid gloves right now. I cannot imagine they use him in the penalty kill at least to start the year. And Limblom, I'm just I feel like they have options that they, they do. don't need to go on a stretch. Maybe, maybe Corbin Knight is the key to the whole penalty kill, and everyone's just been overlooking it for unlikely, but hey, been yeah. overlooking we can it. dream. Maybe everyone's been overlooking it for six years i just think there are better options but if he makes the team i of course will give him a chance to fail before i hate on him i just would prefer Hell jordan yeah. wheel at this point getting ahead of it, uh, taylor lear whatever <laughs> tyrell goldborn he was waived today not officially sent down yet though uh Whatever. Took a bit of a beating from Ross Johnston last year, but sparked a goal, so, I, you know, I love him. Did he? Now, Carson Torensky. Oh, Bill. Carson Torensky, 2016 third-round pick. Happen on your birthday. Torensky, 2016 third-round pick, will be 21 in November. 45 goals, 72 points in the WHL last year. He's 6'2", 198, so he's kind of filling that role that you talked about, Steph, has size that a lot of their uh, lower-in-the-lineup guys don't. Are you surprised he's still here? What has he shown? I, I'm not surprised he's still here because I think he's having a really good camp. Yeah, if anything, he, I'm surprised that he's having such a good camp. Yeah, he's not going to stick, but I think mm. that he's earned at least this extra look. He's, I think he's having a really good camp. Yeah, I mean, I guess it just depends on what you're... When you say surprise, what do you mean? Like, if you to, if you told me Carson Dorinsky was still going to be in camp at the start of September... Yeah, it would be a major yeah, yeah, surprise, yeah, yeah, but watching him play, it's not that big of a surprise because he looks like he belongs, at least in the preseason, but no, going into camp, I never would expect him to still that's, be here. That's like when you're looking at the names who are left and a couple of guys getting sent down and Terensky's still hanging around. Granted, like you're saying, if a if a Wayne Simmons hasn't played in a preseason game, you do you need, need to, bodies. You do need to fill out the lineup somehow. Yeah, he's played net front on the power. Yeah, play, and, so. and so he's doing some of that. So I get it. And some of it might just be role and needing, you know, 18 skaters to go into a game. But he's still freaking here. And they've sent down guys like Albay Cubell and stuff like that. So uh, we really didn't even get a chance chance to get to the defense yet let's do it really quick real fast really just because it's Myers and that's a story the whole getting back to the haven't ruled anyone out quote from Hextall Myers sent down Mark Friedman still hanging around it pisses me off man because I actually as you've written here I do think it was that very very obvious I wrote the outline I wrote the outline on Monday like during and after the game and I literally just wrote did that turnover just ruin his chances to make it stuck out so hard and it's not like he was the only one who made a mistake on that play or in that game like on that shift there were like three turnovers he just had the one that led directly to the goal now I've had this conversation listeners we've had this conversation you and I I never thought Phil Myers was going to make this team 
and he's not having a strong camp. I just don't think that he's NHL ready just He needed yet. the Provorov Konechny camp of I'm going to come in and kill it. And, and he didn't have it. He's shown flashes. I like him. I see. He's, he's going I to be see, fantastic. I he's see, just not there yet. I see the top end stuff, but I also see, I also see, uh, you know, there are bumps there's in the, the road. He's definitely not a finished product, but I will say that I think he could have had a Provorov Konechny camp, and he still wouldn't have made the team. Okay. Yep. As long as the minute McDonald became healthy, Myers was done, and that's, he was done. That's how yeah. did, Andrew McDonald was going to miss like the first month. He's got vampire blood. <laughs> He's got Yuri Laterra's <laughs> performance enhancement. And now I just want to wrap up with one question: Beyond the top pair, does this look like they have a viable defense? Because I got to I mean, say, Sandheim's good. I think I overestimated this group's floor. Sandheim being out definitely makes things a little bit worse. So if he's ready to go, and it seems like he will be I think the the floor gets higher yeah. but yeah things have looked uglier because he's been missing okay that is all the time we have for you on BSH radio this week thank you so much for hanging out live on Facebook thank you for listening however you listen uh that's it have a great week everybody are you ready to talk about sports I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.